Good evening, everybody. Um, just give me just a moment to set up here, but it's good to to be with everybody. And um, it's, a, it's such a uh, there's so many people here. This is amazing. Um, so so good to be together. Um, my name's Kyle. Um, that's my wife Michelle. In case um, you didn't know that, um, and you may have noticed our little um, friend Harrison, our little boy running around here. Um, he yeah. Um, I'll show you a picture of him in a moment. Let me just. Uh, Get my clock up here. Um, geez, the delay here. And we're good. We're, now we actually started. Here we go. Um, welcome, everybody. Um, as I say, my name's Kyle. Uh, I do want to show you a picture of Harrison in a moment. But um, welcome to everybody. If you are joining us uh, for the first time, we are in the middle, as Michelle said, of a series looking at the idea of spiritual gift. If you don't know what that is, hopefully you will by the end. Um, there's no pressure to feel like you need to have um, understood everything before we've even started. That's, um, that's totally okay. Um, what I'm calling my talk tonight, uh, for the next 35 minutes or whatever, is stewards of God's grace. Stewards of God's grace. And I'll un unpack that phrase uh, as we go. Um, but uh, for those of you who don't know, we are expecting baby number two, which is really cool, um, in January. Uh, however, yay, 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 I know many of you have clapped before, so you feel like we've already clapped, um, but we had a, um, a, another arrival in advance, and you'll see the picture on the screen in a moment here of another baby that arrived. Um, on the right is Monkey. This is Monkey. Um, Monkey used to belong to Michelle's sister who immigrated to the UK um, this week, and the choice of either sending Monkey to the farm, if you know what I mean, or to our flat, um, we, we decided to bring him to our flat, and so um, he's with us. He is 12 years old in donkey, in donkey years, in dining. <laughs> it could be a donkey, he's a bit of a rat, but um, 12 years old, so he's eight, like 84 or something, my math isn't good, it's not my spiritual gift, but he's like about 84 years of age, um, and I want to say these guys are getting on really well. Um, typically what's actually happening is monkey is on the receiving end of a fair amount of abuse at the moment. Um, Harrison does not understand the word gentle, does not understand the phrase stop punching him, stop hitting him, stop. And in all my endeavor to raise my son um, as, as a, you know, growing up in the ways of Jesus, he's picked some of the, the Jesus-only parts to, to emulate. So for example, Jesus, okay, you know the story. He goes into the temple, the money changers are doing their stuff, and Jesus takes the tables and he flips them on their end and he throws things. And Harrison's decided, yes, this is the way I want to emulate my my, my future Lord and Savior, and he's literally gone to Monkey's little basket several times this week and just grabbed the thing and turned it upside down, and poor Monkey has gone flying. So there's a lot happening at the house this week, and um, we, we're working on our parenting skills, um, so pray for us. Um, brilliant. But let's dive into to tonight's um, text. I've got uh, two little passages. Uh, our series is pretty much just trying to track along with uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthians in chapters 12 and 13. So we're going to camp out again in chapter 12, but I'm also just bringing in a sort of secondary, secondary passage from, from the Apostle Peter as well. So <coughs> read with me just these two, these two passages. 1 Corinthians 12. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utter of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between Spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these 
are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. And here's Peter's sort of version of this in many ways. He says this, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied, multifaceted grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And I think one of the reasons we've named our series not just gifts, but glorious gifts, is because the idea is these are beautiful things that actually tell us about God and hopefully bring God glory and help people meet the God of the Bible and understand who He is and see Him in all His fullness. <clears throat> Let me kick off by um, saying this. Um, I wanted to just answer the question, what is a Christian? What is a disciple of Jesus? What does that actually mean and look like? Because it's going to um, kind of frame a bit of tonight's message. Um, to put it simply, if you're a Christ follower, a follower of Jesus, you are someone who has recognized that there was a separation between you and God, what the Bible calls sin. There was a rebellion in your heart against God. It cashed out in the way you had lived and the worldview that you had lived with. And a Christian is someone who's recognized that and accepted th that initial reality, but also accepted that actually Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus has come to make a way for us to be reconciled back to God, to be in relationship with Him by dying on the cross for our sin on our behalf. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus' worldview is the worldview that I need to adopt. And so a Christian is someone who's moved from here to here by accepting who Jesus is and what Jesus has done on our behalf. But that's not the end of the story. That's kind of actually just the beginning. That's step one. Um, and that message of, we call it the good news, the gospel of God coming in Jesus, um, dying on a cross for us, rising again, that permeates everything we do. Um, but what, what, what do we do? What does it mean to have become a Christian? Are you meant to just be zapped away, you know, to heaven to wait for Jesus to return and, you know, make this world whole? No. As Christ followers, our um, apprenticeship to Jesus and the things we give ourselves to, in a sense, are, are threefold. We are meant to be people then who are spending time being with Jesus and are becoming like Jesus in terms of our character and, 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 and our heart and our way of life. And then we're meant to be people also who do the things that Jesus did and the things that Jesus has called us to do. That's the holistic picture of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. You could say we are people who have been called by Jesus, responded to his call to trust in him, to now become closer to him, to be conformed into his likeness, and to be commissioned by him into the things that he's called us to do, into the works that he's called us to do. And what I love about this series is, in many ways, in this series, we're focusing on that bottom one, right? Doing what Jesus did and doing the things that Jesus called us to do. But if we all did those things, if we were uh, stepping out into the commissioning and the calling that God has for us, what we end up doing is helping people meet Jesus and serve other people in their being with Jesus and becoming like Jesus and doing what Jesus did. There's a beautiful sort of cyclical nature to this thing where, where having met Jesus, we then give back in return and help others meet Jesus and become like him and spend time with him um, and, 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 and bring heaven to earth through the things that he's set us up to do. And so Hopefully that's a helpful framework, especially if you are new to faith, to maybe you're not even a Christian yet. You're here in the building, you are just exploring 
welcome. Hopefully this serves you and helps you. And I, I, we've punted Alpha multiple times, but punt Alpha again. I think that would be a, a helpful next step for you if, if, if that is you and you're exploring the things of Jesus. Um, but what we're going to do today um, is, is hopefully we're going to unpack a little bit of these texts from Corinthians and, and 1 Peter. And in a sense, I'm going to say it like this. We're going to hopefully spend a little bit of time in the theological realm understanding just what Paul and Peter were saying. But then I really want us to actually move from the theological realm into the realm of inspirational and aspirational stuff. Uh, it, would be, it, uh, it would be a great disservice to you, and I would be very sad if we got to the end of this meeting and we were all like, those are some very nice things that people spoke about 2,000 years ago, um, and now let's go have some coffee. What I really hope is that by the end, we're actually like sheepers. God is on the move. God wants me to be involved in the things that he's up to. God has gifted me and given me grace to serve and love others. And so hopefully we can get quite excited by the end. Um, at least that, that, that's my heart, and I'm, I'm very excited about this. And so where are we going? What's the plan? Um, here's the little roadmap. As I say, stewards of God's grace, that's the big idea. And we're going to look at the fact that the gifts that we are given to steward um, are what they actually are, are empowered manifestations of the Spirit. We'll unpack that, don't worry. Um, and these gifts are also sovereignly and individually apportioned to different people in this room and in God's church around the world. And then we're going to spend the last little bit just looking at some of the gifts that are mentioned here and just telling some stories. I think the best way to get excited is to actually hear, oh my gosh, these are not things that happened 2,000 years ago. These are things that are happening either in our midst or in Cape Town or in the world right now in our generation. And so that's the plan. That's where we're going. Um, so let's jump in. Um, spiritual gifts, what they are in many ways, you could say, are they're empowered manifestations of the Spirit. So Paul in Corinthians says it like this, to each person is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Last week we spoke a lot about the gifts. It's not Project Self. It's about serving others. It's about building others up. And Peter says it like this. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Other translations of that will read, good stewards of, of God's multifaceted, unmerited favor. Essentially, what these, I think they're both trying to say the same thing in different words. Um, what they're talking about is when we use our gifts that we have been given to serve one another, God is at work. The Holy Spirit is manifesting himself, doing something in our midst, whether that's in, 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 in our community here, whether it's at home, whether it's with our family, whether it's you know, out with our work colleagues, whatever it might be, that's what's happening here. It's the work of God, the spiritual being, his goodness and his grace and his power happening in our midst. That's what, that's what this is about. Um, N.T. Wright, a theologian, he's got a word which um, describes God, and I think it's actually quite a helpful um, thing. Now, the word is dianthropic. Don't worry about memorizing that. No tests afterwards. Um, he, but he says, the God of the Bible, Yahweh, the God that Jesus came in the flesh to represent, he is a dianthropic God. And what he means by that, that is this. God is the through human God. He's the through human God. God in all his wisdom and his power and his might, for whatever reason in his sovereign mind, has decided to partner with humanity and primarily do his work through human beings. You go right back to the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1. Human beings were set up as God's vice regents, as middle management on this earth 
to represent and rule on God's behalf. That's how he's chosen. He's a sharing God. He's not a monopolizer of power. He is a generous God who gifts, who gives and shares and wants to partner with people. And just consider this right now in your own seat. Think about your life. If you're a Christ follower, if you've been a Christ follower for a couple of years, think of all the things that you have received from God. I bet that the majority of those things you received through people, whether it was the teaching to understand God better, whether it was encouragement, prophetic words, whether people were generous towards you financially or with hospitality and they hosted you, whether people prayed for you, whether people prayed for healing, whatever it might be, God has chosen in your life and my life to work through people to make his work happen in our lives. Which means, consider the flip side of that, God wants to use us to work in other people's lives. Everything that you and I have received in our lives from God, through others, God also wants to set us up to be used to serve other people. Um, Kelly Clark in our community, um, she was saying to me when we were talking about this series, she was like, one of the things we must say, it must come up somewhere in the series, and she was right, is just this phrase that we need to be encouraged with, all of us, which is just be available. Be available. Kelly is 100% correct on that. We need to be available. We need to be people who are offering ourselves to God daily as you know, living sacrifices to be used by Him, to, be, to see how God's presence might, might, might come to people. It's crazy to think about this fact that when we pray for things, often again, God works through people to answer prayers, right? God works through people to answer prayers. I love reading Christian biographies. I've got one to lend, to give to Luke tonight if he's here. I don't know where he is, but there he is. Luke, I've got your biography that I promised, brother. You're going to love it, bro. You're going to love it. Um, the story I'm going to tell is not from this biography, sorry, but there's many stories like it in this book, I'm sure, Bruin. Um, but having read so many Christian biographies, it's amazing whether there's missionaries on the other side of the world who are, you know, desperate for, for finances and funding or food or whatever it might be, or in the case of the one I read, it's a, it's a person in China who came to faith, but the person who led him to faith didn't have a Bible, and so he started his life as a Christian with no Bible. All he had was a little bit of the gospel of Matthew in his head. And so many people pray and say, God, won't you provide? My family needs food. I think of the stories of George Muller. This orphanage that I'm leading, we need food, God, to feed these kids. Won't you help us? I think Brother Yun in China, I just want a Bible so I can know you better. All I know is a few stories that people shared with me, and I want to know you, God. And the answers to these prayers so often in these biographies that I've read in all sorts of countries of the world is people knocking on that door later that day or later that week and saying, hey, uh, here, here's a meal, or just opening the door and there just being food available to feed people in the orphanage. Or in Brother Yun's case, some random oak rocking up and saying, here is a Bible. It's amazing. It's amazing. God just answers prayer through people. But the flip side is, think about those stories. We always, I always think of them on the receiving end of, of how they were written in the biography. But on the flip side, there was someone who was cruising around the rural village in China and obviously had a prompting from God in their heart to go and knock on this door and take a Bible to someone that he'd never met. And it was the answer to this guy's prayer. Or to go and just drop food at the orphanage on the very day that people had been praying desperately, we need food. God answers prayer through us. And that is, that is crazy. So just think about that for a second. You could be someone's answer to prayer this week in a whole bunch of different ways. It could look like so many different things. That's a crazy thought. That's a crazy thought. 
Let me say this, just a clarity thing on, on these manifestations of the Spirit. In many ways, when you read lists of the gifts, and we'll read some just now, you might look at a whole bunch of them, and you, I think you should look at a whole bunch of them and say, these are things that all Christ followers are meant to be doing, though, in many ways. A lot of these things. Um, aren't all of us, in a sense, sent out to, to witness uh, you know, about Jesus and share our faith with people and, and evangelize? Yes. Um, you know, are we meant to be, uh, what else did I write here? Are we meant to be praying for people to be healed? Yes. Jesus told us, all authority in heaven and earth is mine. Go for it. Are we all called to be generous? Are we all called to uplift the poor? Bring justice. Yes, all these things. So many of these gifts are things that we're all called to do. As the body of Jesus, we're meant to be carrying out his, his hands, his feet, his mouth, his eyes um, into the world. As he's the head and the body does what he says and we extend his ministry. So in many ways, we're meant to be doing a bunch of this stuff, you know, as is. But I think the niche thing when it comes to this conversation of spiritual gifts is it's when you and I, in our different phases of life and where we find ourselves, we find our um, groove. We find our spiritual groove. We find, to use an Austin Powers phrase, right, we find our mojo. There is, it's, it's not a very spiritual, sanctified thing, but, you know, there, is, there seems to be a grace flow or an anointing. Like when, when, when I do this, these things just seem to work and it just seems to happen. There seems to be more abundant fruit when I do this um, than when someone else does it. But then when they do that thing, there just seems to be so much more fruit than when I try to do it. That's what these gifts are. They're the multifaceted work of God, the multifaceted grace and favor of God breaking forth through different people in different ways. And I just want to remind us of this, especially if you are new and you're exploring Christianity. We don't believe, we believe that human be beings need to be reconciled to God. We need to be saved and rescued from our, from our sin. But that doesn't happen by good works at all. There is nothing we can do to earn God's favor. So we're not saved by good works. We're saved by actually receiving God's gift in Jesus. Again, it's, it's, the, it's the God who gives and we receive. So we're not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. Paul writes in Ephesians, he says, um, there are good works that I have prepared in advance for my people to walk in. So that's what we're talking about here. That's what we're talking about here. We have been given a new nature, a new identity. Um, we're part of a new kingdom to participate with God in bringing his, his kingdom to earth and bringing a little bit of heaven to break through into the world around us. And so gifts are, they're empowered manifestations of the Spirit. That's the first big idea. The second one is this, is that these gifts have been sovereignly <coughs> and individually apportioned by God. So Paul said it like this, all these gifts are empowered by one and the same Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the third person of, of, the, of the Trinity, who apportions to each one individually, I love that, individually, as, as he wills. And Peter says it like this, as each has received a gift. If you know Jesus, if you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, taking up residence inside of you, you have a gift. You might have multiple gifts. They might, they might be weird and wonderful. They might seem very ordinary. But whoever you are, if you're a Christ follower, you have a gift. You have something to contribute to the work of God in this world. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards. The word steward means you've got something that is not yours, but you are using it on the owner's behalf for the good of, 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 of those around you to hopefully carry out his vision um, that, that, that brings him much glory. 
That's what we are. We are stewards of gifts. We didn't earn these things. We didn't make the individual gifts happen in our lives, whatever they might be. God has given us, sovereignly chosen to distribute gifts in all sorts of ways in his wisdom to be stewarded by us, to be good stewards. And this means a whole bunch of things. Um, number one, it means uh, don't break one of the Ten Commandments, which is do not covet. Do not covet. Do not be jealous over the stuff that someone else has and try to, try to get it. That, that misses the whole point of God saying, actually, I've wired you like this, and I've given you this gift, and I've called you to be able to do this. Don't, don't, don't be jealous. Be you. Be you. Be you at least in the, in the sanctified, holy, spirit-empowered thing that you are called to do and be. Be you. Let's remember this, that we are on the same team. We are on the same team. Everyone in this room and every Christ follower around the world is on the same team. We're working towards the same goal. To use a football analogy, we can't all be keepers, okay? We need some defenders. We need some, some, some wings to send that ball up on the outside there. We need some, some midfielders to distribute that ball. We need Martin Odegaard on the field to distribute the ball so that Arsenal can be at the top of the league like they are now. We need strikers who can put the goal in the back of the net, the ball in the back of the net. But we're all working together for a common goal, for the common good and the glory of God. That is the picture that I want us to take on board. We are a team. And God has uniquely wired and gifted you in certain ways. But also I want to say this. God has been at work in your story, in your life, in your history. He's been weaving stuff together that he is going to use later. Even the painful things that he has allowed to happen in your life, he is going to use that in the combination with your gifts to love and serve people down the line. Consider, for example, someone who's just been gifted with the ability of uh, you know, mercy and compassion and maybe generosity to, to serve people and love people who've been abused and hurt in this world. Imagine that is that person's gift. But then imagine that not only that, that person themselves has actually been a victim in the past of abuse and all sorts of things. And they are now able to come years later, not just to bring mercy and compassion to people, but actually to be able to go one step further in their unique grace and empathize with people and say, I know what it's like. I've been in your shoes. They might be able to win an audience with people that you and I might not be able to win. God is at work in our stories. God is at work in, in even just the way he is wired. It's one of the stories I absolutely love. Um, <coughs> there's a theologian, he's passed away now, very influential in our church community. His name was Michael Eaton. And he used to tell the story about his wife. And um, he used to always say, like, even the way your body has been wired, God will use that for people's good and, and his glory. Now, <coughs> Michael's, Michael Eaton's wife, Jenny, had a dangerously low heartbeat or heart rate, whatever you want to call it. I'm not a doctor. But basically, her heart beat really slowly to the point where often people were like, is she going to drop dead today? Like, what is, what is happening here? However, when they used to leave their church in Nairobi, they used to go to Sudan, and they used to spend um, days in the, in the rural areas, in the heat of the sun in midday, every other person on that ministry team was passed out under the trees in tents while people were trying to minister. But Jenny Eaton, because of the way her heart was wired, was able to go and go and go and go and love people and pray for people and serve people. She came alive in the heat because of, of her heart. And God had set her up to uniquely minister to those people in Sudan in the heat. God knows what he's doing. Even your heartbeat can be used by God to serve others. And I love that story. I love that story. 
And you might find when you are <coughs> trying to figure out your gifts or even just consider, you know, you take some stock of your own life. And we said this on Wednesday night for those of you who are online. Um, <coughs> gifts don't often seem like gifts to those of us who have them. We just assume it's normal. So Paul did the spiritual gifts questionnaire and recognized that administration was his, his top gift. Well, right up there in Paul's gift mix um, was, was administration, the ability to like, you know, the kingly gift of putting things in places and organizing and seeing things happen. Um, and Paul was like, yeah, doesn't, does, everyone, does not everyone enjoy making things happen and seeing things happen and, you know, like ordering things? And the answer is no. So many of us think that is a terrible way to live your life. We love the freedom. We're charismatics. We love, we love the spirit just flowing. But it's his gift to him that is very normal. Paul is an accountant. Paul is a bean counter. It must be like this. That's how it happens, right? For some of you, like, I just want to lead, lead the band. I just want to lead the worship, whatever it is. And that seems normal to you, and this seems normal to Paul. And the beautiful thing is, it's, it, it's not normal. That's the way God has wired you and gifted you. I know people who genuinely get so excited about just upping and leaving and going to the bush in Madagascar and spending time amongst tribes in Madagascar. And he's gone and done that. He's gone on the missions and he's gone there. And I encouraged him to say, bro, keep doing that because I can guarantee you come back to our church and there's many people who do not find that an appealing prospect, but you do. God has wired you and given you a heart and an excitement for this thing. So lean into it because most people aren't going to. Take the opportunity to do things that no one else is going to do because it seems so normal and natural to you. Like, of course, why doesn't everyone want to go and live in a tent? And actually, that's how he's been wired. God apportions things as he wills, sovereignly to, to each and every one of us. And sometimes, and I'm going to keep saying this now as we, as, as we carry on, these, these gifts are not neat categories. Sometimes gifts seem to, operation, um, gifts seem to operate in seasons. In some seasons in your life, you will see a lot of fruit in one area as you step out, whatever it might be, healing, or I don't know what it could be. And you might find five years' time, the healing just dries up, and no one ever gets healed from your prayers once again. But all of a sudden, the encouragement gifts come to life. God, God just seems to sovereignly work like that. Sometimes it's geographical. <coughs> People seem to be, used, be able to use a gift in a certain area, and it seems to bear fruit and all sorts of happens. And then they go back home, and they're an absolute dud at that gift. And that's okay. God, it's, there's no rules. God seems to work in all sorts of different ways. You can't just go and transport something from a revival over here and try and take it over here. It doesn't work like that. God is an alive, sovereign God. But if you're still, you're trying to figure out your gifts, maybe if you haven't done the spiritual gifts questionnaire, please go to our website and find it. I recommend it. It'll take you about 45 minutes to just um, take the survey and, and get a glimpse of what your gifts might be. Um, but here's the thing. If you've taken that test, um, you might have answered to a whole bunch of questions. Um, do you see lots of fruit when you pray for healing? No. Um, have you done, has, have miraculous things happened around you? You know, water turned into wine. No. Uh, you know, you might have answered all these questions. And so miracles and healing, right at the bottom of your list, not your gifting. Here's the question, though. Are you really able to answer that question properly if you've never tried? Try things. Try things. Rigby has this line. Try everything once for the glory of God. Now, Paul corrected me on Wednesday night. He said, everything? Um, so try everything that is good and beautiful and pure and holy and Christ-like. All those things. Try those things 
once for the glory of God and see what happens. See what happens. Pray for someone to be healed. Um, pray for something miraculous to happen. Try and share a prophetic, you know, ask for prophetic contribution to someone. Ask God to give you supernatural wisdom. Try and host people at your house. And then you will see you should never lead worship again. You should never, you should never, you should never try cook for those people again. Whatever it might be, you, then you'll start to know. But we're not going to know if we don't try. We have to step out and try these things. And these are gifts of grace, okay? Grace, grace is opposed to earning. We cannot earn God's grace, but God's grace is not opposed to effort. We put effort in, and we steward God's grace by that. I, I work at understanding the Bible and trying to speak so that God would use me in my teaching gift. If I, if I, if I don't practice, if I don't work at things, I'm not being a good steward of, 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 of God's grace in my life personally, for example. So try things. And remember this, these gifts operate on a spectrum. You might, let's just take healing, for example, because it's an easy one, because not many of us are operating in that often. <coughs> you might pray for someone once, and they get healed, because God just does that. And then no one will ever get healed again for the rest of your life, no matter how much you might pray. Okay, that might be your story. But then, some of you might pray for healing, and you see several healings happen, and you might end up what we could call, you've got a bit of a healing ministry happening. There's a, there's a ministry that's happening. There's, there's a gifting that's happening there. And you might find after years... There is a, you become a, a recognized gift in the body of Christ that, honestly, we deploy to places to say, go and pray for people to be healed because God seems to work through you because he's gifted you like that. And we, you, we could maybe call you, you know. Maybe the word, oh, it's been so tainted by some, some, you know, stuff around this world. But we could say, hey, that, that person is, seems to be a, a healer. That person is a teacher. That person is an evangelist. We can recognize that gifting. But the idea is not to... Figure out, am I a prophet? Am I an apostle? No, the idea is just, just, just do some stuff. Just serve some people. Just love some people. See what God does. See what God does. See how God has wired you. So we're almost done with theology, and then we're going to get into inspiration and aspiration. So we're going to chat quickly just about some of these gifts <coughs> and then have some stories. So let me just read those verses again quickly from Paul and Peter. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. And Peter says, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. Here's a bunch of the gifts. Um... I have three spelling errors I was told in the slide this morning. Spiritual spelling, not my gift. Um, and the best one is you'll see communication spelled wrong. Um, there's something just beautifully ironic about that over there. But um, here's, a, here's a bunch of, of, of gifts that you will find in the New Testament, some of them from the Old Testament. Um, the bottom line I want to say is this list of gifts is not exhaustive, okay? The, the Bible is not a, a manual that is just given to us and says, cool, here's the 23 gifts for you to operate in. The gifts listed in the Bible are often coming in um, little moments of examples when Paul's talking about something else or in a corrective sense where he's just throwing out a couple of ideas and examples. But precise definitions are not the point. Precise definitions are not the point. The activity is the point. So I don't want us to be people who split hairs on, well, you know, is, is that now the gift of prophecy when, when, when that, that person brought that word? Is it perhaps a word of knowledge? 
is it perhaps also the gift of discernment? Or it, it seemed quite a wise thing that they said. So perhaps it was actually the gift of wisdom. Not the point. Not the point. The point is, bring the gift. Bring the gift. I, I don't care. Some of the th stories that I'll tell just now, I don't even know what you could call the gift. Um, so that's not the point. The point is, is, is the gift being used for the glory of God? And there's different ways to cluster these gifts and think about them. So Paul brought up last week the idea of prophet gifts, priest gifts, and king gifts, kind of the three big offices of Jesus um, and, how, and how these gifts could all be clumped into, into those sort of different categories as we as his body live out Jesus' ministry. Um, some of the vineyard guys use the eyes, hands, and mouth of God. I think that's also quite a cool, helpful, helpful way to frame it. Um, we've talked about sometimes the motivational and the miraculous gifts, and it's, sometimes it's unhelpful because they're all spiritual gifts, but what's meant by that is the motivational gifts are the ones that some of us might genuinely wrestle with and say, is this really a spiritual, supernatural gift? The ability to feed someone or just like pick things up, you know, like you might genuinely question some of those things compared to healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, or whatever. But um, the idea is these are all spiritual gifts. It's just a way to, to look at them. Some will say, I mean, Peter even talks there about um, speaking and serving. And so, so words and works is also another way you could divide these gifts. The, the, the vineyard guys even talk about prophecy as a bit of an umbrella gift that actually has a whole bunch of gifts underneath it. You know, things like encouragement, dreams, visions, words of knowledge, future predictions. They could all fall under, under the, 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 the prophetic gift in the Bible. The big idea is this. As Paul says when he writes to the Romans, he says, I want to come to you. I desire to come to you so that I might impart some spiritual gift to you that strengthens you. That's the end game. The team is on the field. In soccer, to score the goals and win the match. In our case, to strengthen people, to point people to Jesus and strengthen believers in their faith, whatever that looks like. That's the bottom line. Use your gift. Use your talent. If it's blurry and you're like, I don't know if this is a spiritual gift or a natural, don't worry about it. Use whatever God has given you for the common good, for the building up of his people. The distinction that you do want to make is, am I using whatever I have for God's kingdom or my kingdom? That's the distinction. Is this a manifestation of the Spirit? Is there something distinctly gospel and Christian and kingdom and Jesus-y about this thing? Or actually, is it the thing that people at the end of the day will say, wow, that was really good of you. How smart you are. Well done for accumulating all that wealth or setting up that business, and, and it's all in your name. If Jesus is not getting the glory, then it might not be a gift that's being utilized correctly necessarily. Jesus had a clear distinction when he said, anyone, anyone who gives a child a cup of cold water in my name will not lose their reward. But don't miss the clear thing there, in Jesus' name. That's the distinction. That is the distinction. We're building his kingdom. We're motivated by love for people, for the common good, to serve others, to build them up. That's the goal. Let's end with some stories. Let's, let's get pumped now. We've done theological. Let's move to inspirational, to aspirational. I am going to pop up a bunch of pictures, and I'm just going to talk to them quickly for the last six, seven minutes. This is men, men camp. What? Man camp. Last weekend. This is last weekend. Here we are. Spiritual gift of speaking. Not mine either. Um, guys, last weekend was just an amazing time. Friday night, we got to go out together as the guys in this community, and people brought their contributions. It was incredible. We've, you can see the worship crew there bringing their gifts. Paulie and, <coughs> and Greg brought their teaching gifts and their shepherding gifts. And then so many of the guys in this room brought encouragement, prayers, prophetic contributions, 
scripture readings, people left that time feeling built up, feeling strengthened in the things of God. And I was so stoked to leave that time. I mean, even guys then were taking people to their holiday homes for, you know, night two afterwards. They just, they just up and left from where we were, and they went and carried on the jaw somewhere else. And so gifts of hospitality were happening there. Um, I loved just seeing what was happening. And so that got me super excited and just well done to everybody who was there who was just chatting and contributing and praying and sharing your life. People were encouraged. People in this community were encouraged. Here's the next picture. Um, it is a picture of CJ and of Dave. Now, um, I didn't get Bradley's picture of his wife, CJ, in time. Um, and so all I could find was CJ's profile picture on WhatsApp. Um, so if you don't know CJ, she looks a little different to that. Um, be- both have beautiful hair. Both have beautiful hair. But um, <clears throat> the reason I wanted to share uh, these guys is because both of them have contributed to this particular preaching series. CJ used her graphic design skills or whatever you want to call it, her creative stuff, um, to, to, to create our, 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 what do you call it, our slide, our title sl- slide, our logo, our poster, and our, our graphic design stuff for the series. Amazing. Bringing her contribution for, for the good of us all. It's amazing. David, Mr. Employee of Amazon over here, um, if you did the spiritual gift questionnaire on, on Wednesday, David saved you 45 minutes of your life, I reckon, okay? If you did the quiz, it was probably 40 to 45 minutes of just answering the questions. What David did, though, was instead of you now having to manually calculate your answers to figure out how you're gifted, David automated the whole thing on Excel and saved you a lot of time. And it's a beautiful thing. David brought his, I don't care what the gift is called, administration, skills, craftsmanship, programming, cleverness. He brought it, and it served us. It served us. Um, I just want to highlight CJ again. Guys, there's so many people in this room that I could share gifts, uh, stories about. So sorry if I don't, I'm not going to get to everyone. But um, CJ, I just realized, you have an amazing gift, CJ, of what I'm just calling the random act of kindness. The random act of kindness. You, you, you flow in that. Whether it is a named spiritual gift or not, I don't care. I got up here once, and there was a bottle of water waiting here. Some of you might remember that. And I was asking, whose bottle of water is this? Steph, is this your bottle of water? CJ had graciously, she told me afterwards, I just thought I'd bring a bottle of water for the preacher. Sometimes they don't have water, and it's nice to have a sip of water. And so in honor of you, CJ, I'm going to drink this. <laughs> this is mine, though. But also, someone else, someone else in our community um, got mugged at gunpoint a couple of months ago. And CJ, in her kindness, knowing what this person would like, and just to comfort them and encourage them, brought them an adult color. And this might not be your thing that you might enjoy, but they enjoyed it. Got an adult coloring in book, and they just got to enjoy that. It was a beautiful act of compassion and kindness. Spiritual gifts, strengthening the believers. Okay, next photo. Let's see here. Okay, um, the guy in the middle, Andrew Wilson. Some of you might know him if you've started the Advanced Theology course. He's an amazing theological voice into our community, legend. I had to put the picture up with me in the picture because I was very excited. You can see how excited I am to be in a photo with him. Mild idolatry there. Um, Andrew Wilson, phenomenal mind, phenomenal mind. Um, just a crazy, intelligent, theological guy. But if I had to say what I think is one of his, the sharp edge of his spear, of his gift to the worldwide church, is, is the ability to make theology incredibly concise. I don't know if some of you have read, like, he, he's got great books, Steph, I'm reading one of his books now that Steph lent me, it's beautiful, but I think Andrew Wilson's super sharp edge is his blog post, where he just says, okay, this conversation about spiritual gifts and this, and if gifts still exist today, it all comes down to 
this here on New Testament prophecy. All these other arguments are actually not the arguments. This is the argument. He has an amazing ability to serve maybe preachers like me and stuff with sharp theological, that's the niche right there. That's where the conversation is. It's an amazing gift. It's an amazing gift. And you see how these gifts just work in, 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 in different ways. Um, Callie. Callie. Let's put Callie up. We know Carolyn Clark. What a legend. What a legend. Carolyn Clark. Um, gifted in, in ways of compassion and justice. She led our justice ministry here in the PM for, for years. Um, she also has a phenomenal um, intercessory prayer gift. Um, I don't think I know anyone in this community who prays more than Callie. She will wake up in the middle of the night, 2 a.m., with burdens to pray for people, and she will spend hours just praying for people in the middle of the night as God, as God leads. And she has a very prophetic um, gifting where, where, where she will sense things and, 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 and be given impressions by God, and, and, and God will, will highlight, here's an example, God will highlight things to her, numbers or logos or stuff that then she gets to act on later. So for example, she was walking on the prom the other day, maybe it was quite a few months ago now, um, and she saw a lady with a cap and on the cap was a logo that sparked something. Kelly knew, sheesh, that came up in a dream of mine a couple of weeks ago and I felt God, you know, say something about it. So Kelly, I love it, um, was like, I don't, know what to, I, I don't know what to do about this now. So Kelly basically hovers around this lady on the prom, kind of like, so at a distance, at a distance, but circles her like, God, what do I do, what do I do? And then she eventually just thinks, I think I'm going to just go offer prayer to this person. So Kelly kind of cruises up to the person. Um, apparently, they just put out their ciggy as, as she comes. And she says, hey, look, this might seem really random to you, but would you mind if I prayed for you? I'd like to offer to pray for you. And I don't know if this person burst into tears, but they certainly were blown away, and they just said, are you, are you serious? Um, that's amazing. My entire family immigrated this week, and I've been feeling so lonely, and I've just wanted God to, to reach out to me and, and speak to me and know that I'm going to be okay. And so Kelly was like, then that's what I'm going to pray for. And she prayed for this person on the prom. Amazing gift. Some random logo on the, on the cap just led Kelly to this person. I love it. I've got two more, and then we'll close. Um, Andre. Andre, uh, this is, uh, the only photo I could find of him was this like schmodel picture. So he's looking, he's looking really good. Um, Andre um, leads the eldership team of Common Ground Weinberg. Um, spent some time with him this weekend, and we got some parenting advice from him, which I was really grateful for. Um, but this guy, just a legend in so many ways, serves people across Africa, does so much amazing stuff. Um, here's one of Andre's niche gifts that I bet not many people in this room have, and I'm not even joking. Andre has an ability to pray I kid you not, for broken technology, and it, and it comes to life. <laughs> it starts working. Kid you not, kid you not. There are several stories of this. Um, for example, someone um, had, they dropped their phone down the toilet or the sink or whatever, and the thing was dead. They put it in rice, you know, as you do to whatever that does for a few days, and it was still not working, and they, they shared this story with Andre, and they were like, oh, dude, like, this sucks. I've got to buy a new phone. And Andre just said, um, give it to me. He laid hands, he prayed, and the phone came back to life. <laughs> Kid you not. This next one is even wilder. Andre, as I said, he, 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 he does a lot of stuff with other churches in Africa. He's got quite a, a ministry serving other congregations. He was once in another country, somewhere in Africa, I can't remember where, and they were in a suburb, and he was in the house, and it was kind of like, I don't know if they were with leaders or a life group or what it was, and he was serving them, teaching, praying, doing ministry, and like 8 o'clock in the middle of this meeting, bam, power cut the entire suburb, like the entire area, like miles of no power. Andre, knowing God's gifting on his life, 
and feeling prompted, where is the power box? Where's the power box, guys? Follow us, Andre. Andre goes out back. I kid you not, he lays hands on the electricity box at the back of the house. Boom. Power comes back on only in that house. Only in that house. The rest of the entire area is in pitch blackness, and the church meeting carries on, and Andre carries on praying for people. Faith is built. Faith is stirred. I don't care what you call that gift, because circuits didn't exist when Jesus was around. But it's a gift, and it works. It works. Last one. Last one. This is John Wimber. John Wimber is one of the main founders of the, uh, the Vineyard Movement of Churches. Um, just an amazing guy. Um, and he's got countless stories. Let me just share with you the one that stood out to me this week as I was, as I was prepping. Um, he was on a flight once. He was sitting on a plane on a flight, praying, God, speak to me, use me. Is there any way I can serve anyone on this plane right now? And he looks across the aisle from him, and he sees a gentleman there sitting with his wife. And above this guy's head, he just sees the word, adultery. And he's like, are you serious, God? Are you serious? Okay. Okay, God, help me. What, like, now, now what? Now, now, you've, now you've told me this. Now I feel like I'm stuck. Like, not be, I can't not do anything, but what am I meant to do? Praise, praise, praise. He sits there. He looks back a few minutes later. The word adultery is gone off the top. I'm just talking like a, like a word just pops up in front, like a bubble. The word adultery is now gone. Now it just says the name Jane. And John Wimber is like, at least that's an N. At least that's not adultery as the first word that I bring up to this guy. So he strikes up a conversation with the guy, and they get to know each other a little bit. And then John Wimber just brings in the conversation. He just says, listen, this might seem random. Does the name Jane mean anything to you? And this guy's face goes ghostly white. Because Jane is not the name of his wife next to him. Jane is the woman that he's having an affair with. And in the next 15 minutes, the whole affair comes to light on this plane. And by the end of the flight, this guy and his wife have both given their life to Christ. Incredible, incredible, incredible gift. Incredible stuff. Here's what I want to end with. Here's what I want to end with. What, do, what can we do from here? We can pray for God to continue to stir us, continue to make us hungry, continue to you know, give us boldness to step out. Here's what I think we can do. Start praying and start trying. Start praying and start trying. Think of, I've just noticed this week, pray for individual people that you know, and God might just prompt stuff in you. God might give you a word for them. God might give you the thing that they, that they are actually needing and praying for right now. So pray for individual people that you know, and ask God, is there anything that you do? And pray for God to empower you, to just give you power from on high, clothe you with power on, from on high, to do whatever he has called you to do, and then just, just try stuff. Just knock on some doors, just make some calls, send some voice notes, that's my spiritual gift, voice notes, do whatever it is, and, and see what God does to strengthen the people around you. We can be people's answer to prayer and stewards of God's grace. I'm going to invite up the band, we're going to spend uh, some time singing now. Um, let me just end with this and say, I've, we, I've, we've spoken about some wild, crazy stuff tonight, and I totally understand that for some of you, that, this just might sound so out of your depth. Maybe it even sounds heretical to you. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what church background you may have come from where you've, you've figured God just doesn't do these things anymore. Um, if, if that's you and you're like, this is, this is wild, can I, can I encourage you with two things? Number one, feel free to come and chat to me. I'd love to chat to you. I'd love to recommend some resources for you to just go and consider from exegetical stuff of what the Bible actually seems to say 
and just stories, more stories if you need them, <laughs> from people's lives. Um, but can I also remind you of this to those of us who are in the room as Christ followers? We already believe some bizarre, crazy stuff, in case you didn't know. We believe that a God created everything out of nothing. We believe that that God decided to come to earth and squeeze himself into a baby. That's crazy. We believe that a teenage girl, unmarried in the first century in Palestine, fell pregnant, kind of by God, somehow. That's weird. That's weird. It's weird. Think about it. It's weird. We believe that God died on a cross. That's strange. We believe that this Jewish man from 2,000 years ago came back to life. Friends, the very core of our faith is supernatural and insane. <laughs> We've already believed the craziest stuff. That's what it means to be a Christian. You're a little bit crazy. But it's true. It's true. And I want to just remind us of this right now. As we come and we, we spend some time worshiping and celebrating God as we end our time together, we come to a miraculous, crazy, glorious God who's working in our midst. And if you don't yet know this God, can I invite you to step out in faith? Either come to Alpha, if you're not about to say yes to Jesus right now, come explore more at Alpha Course. But also, if you, if you recognize, actually, I think this Jesus person is real, then as we spend time in singing now in worship, why don't you come to him, speak to him, and say, actually, I'm turning my life around. I think you might be 100% right about everything, and I'm trusting you to reconcile me to God and set me up on a whole new life.